0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is show number 10. And as always, we hope everyone's had a great week. In tonight's show, our guest is James Guerin, the mastermind behind Reality So Subtle pinhole cameras. So sit back uh, and enjoy the conversation we have with him. We're talking about some upcoming camera designs uh, and some crazy cameras that he does uh, for himself. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Uh this is show number 10. Woo-hoo! Andrew, how you Woo! doing, buddy?
1: Show number 10.
0: Show number 10. <laughs> We've made it to number 10. And we're waiting for uh Mr. James Guerin to Ooh. uh ding back in with us. We've uh on anchor, so he'll be coming, but so Andrew, what have you been up to? Been uh having much going on?
1: Oh, I've been so tired. I shot I I got my reality so subtle pinhole camera. There he is. uh... (laughs) Hey, guys. All right, we got him. James? Hi, James. Hey, Andrew. How's it going? It's um, going really well, mate. Yeah, lovely to speak to you. Yeah, you too. You managed to get home from work, okay? (laughs) Yeah, it's been... um, I've been away quite a bit and uh, got back about half an hour ago. So, uh, yeah. uh, But it's all good now. I'm here. All
0: right, cool, cool. So... For everybody listening, if you have purchased a reality so subtle camera yeah. uh, ever, then this is the gentleman who made it. This is the Ooh. guy who's bringing you all the joy that you have by shooting all your pinhole uh, pinhole wonderness, wonderfulness. So, James, uh, you want to say hello to everybody and just give them a little bit about yourself?
2: Sure. Yeah, um, I'm uh, forty three years old. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) i'm irish i live in france and i started uh started making pinhole cameras maybe maybe 10 or 12 years ago now and after we after we moved to france i couldn't get a job as an engineer so i decided to uh well it kind of happened organically i started making one or two cameras for different people and then i said why don't i try and make a business out of it so And kind of grew organically from there James yeah James why France Uh, my wife is French
1: (laughs) and did you meet her in France or did she no I
2: know we no we met
1: in Ireland yeah she spent 10 years in Ireland so but you weren't doing pinhole cameras and you were doing something else
2: yeah I was working as a mechanical engineer I worked for I worked for various companies um, basically making things and Programming machines and you know deciding how how are we going to
1: make that and how much is it going to cost that kind of stuff. Right, uh, and that was the um, that was the seeds, I guess. You've always had a mechanical uh, mechanical bent.
2: Yeah, pretty much. So uh, yeah, um,
1: I uh, studied mechanical engineering in
2: university in Limerick, and um, I worked as an engineer until 2000 and, 2011. And then we moved to France and my my French wasn't really good enough to get a job here as an engineer. So I had to find something else to do with myself. So it was kind of a marriage of the two passions that I have, which were like making things and working with my hands and um, photography. So
0: that's cool. how it all started. Seems like pinhole building is far more uh, interesting and fun than mechanical engineering. <laughs>
2: yeah, it sure is. <laughs>
0: Well, it's kind of the same stuff, but uh you you could end up before
2: I would have been making like radiators or m- medical drills or even, you know, kind of surgical tools and right. Things like that and yeah, you know, wasn't wasn't super interesting. It was, you know, the processes were inter- interesting, but the products weren't weren't very interesting to me in at least. Sure.
1: And and have you learned French since, James? <laughs> yeah, my French isn't so bad now. It's pretty good. I can I uh, know when you came on I didn't I, know whether to say top of the morning to you or bonjour.
2: <laughs> yeah, you could you can, you could say both, that's fine.
1: <laughs> top of the morning though, that's a bit that's a bit stereotypical. Uh, well, that's yes. I'm nothing but predictable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh Andrew. Yes. Can you turn up your uh your sound just a little bit? You sound a little bit muffled, maybe. Do I? Well, how's that? Is that any better? yeah there you go that's a little better yeah yeah okay. sorry
2: <laughs> so right.
0: james what um what other are areas of photography of analog photography do you do you like and you enjoy or i know you were we were talking earlier and you were talking about uh using x ray film and creating the cyanotypes yeah that's uh, because um i haven 't really um I haven't really explored printing
2: before. I don't I I I did a little bit of darkroom printing a while back and a few years back, and um, I never I never really got the grips with it because it's a whole, uh, you know, it's a whole other skill. Sure. sure. And and i would come across, um, cyanotypes that that I thought looked really really good, and I said uh, I I'd look into that a bit. So I read up on it and I found out that um, it was a pretty simple process. You just needed um. You know, you just needed your A and B solutions, and um, either sunlight or a UV lamp. I'm using a, a UV lamp, a tanning lamp, and um,
1: a, a semi-dark space. So, yeah, yep. go ahead, James. I've seen. Um, oh, am, am, am I coming across okay now? Or am I still muffled? Yeah, you can hear you fine. Yeah. Oh, good. So, I've seen. You're really annoying. You know that, don't you? Do you know why you're really well, annoying? Why? Because you just started making cyanotypes, and they're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. They're really good, unless you've got like a bin full of rubbish somewhere that you don't show anybody.
2: Well, actually, you know, well, for the the, for the ones that I put on um, Instagram
1: were the very first ones that I did. They were brilliant. So I was,
2: yeah, they were nice. I, I was liked pretty them. lucky, but yeah, uh, but I, I tend to, um, I tend to do a bit of research before I jump in, you know. So I, I kind of, I challenge myself to get it right first time, if you know what I mean. So I had yeah. read a little bit on. You know, your UV, UV lamp distances and exposure times. So I was pretty uh, sure I was going to get something. But, um, well, that's, that's you know...
1: The, the well, that's the engineering you. Yeah, are. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the, f- not the fly-by-night characters that uh, that I am. I think uh, Corey is a bit more um, studied about things than me. I've, I've just started salt printing. So I did try cyanotypes, and then I started salt printing. So I'm just right. using... Uh, I'm using negatives I find lurking around in my darkroom. Are you, are you making negatives especially for this process? Do you no, no.
0: I'm
2: using negatives that I've that I've made with my um, well. So far, the 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 four by five camera, the same one that I sell, and uh, my eight by ten as well. Using well, X-ray so, film.
1: Uh, yeah, all X-ray film. Yeah. And are you? Um, uh, wisdom says that, or common wisdom says that, you have to have a fairly contrasty and sort of well developed negative. Is that what you're finding? Um. Yeah, you can get. Well, the, the
2: we'll say we'll say the images that you've seen on Instagram were those neg- negatives were pretty good. They were they were they were nice dense negatives. They weren't too dense, but they were uh, they were good negatives. You know how. Good have some categorized, yeah. yeah and um but there was another there was another print i did and the negative was probably a little um it was a little more muddy but the cyanotype with the same exposure it still looked. it still looked okay but not as the blues weren't as in, intense you know the contrast wasn't
1: wasn't quite there but um you, you can do you some know. Stain, you can do some staining as well can't you and turn cyanotypes into something that is a bit darker does it something i've seen some people use tea
2: tea yeah you can black tea works really well i haven't done it yet but uh you can you can bleach um you can bleach the blue out and then you can um you can tone it with a uh, red wine or tea or oh no,
0: no, other no, things. No, no, no you should try using lipton tea that's the best tea in the world <laughs> <laughs> no have you, no have you done
1: some of that cory staining with tea
0: I haven't. The only thing I've done that's close to that is developing with caffeine. Oil. I haven't done any staining yeah. yet. No. I'm happy with black and white. I don't really feel like I need to go past that. It, it gray and white and, and tones of everything in between uh, suit me pretty good. So I have never really gotten into oh. the staining or uh, you know, or, yeah. or even cyanotypes with the, actually.
2: Yeah, but the cyanotypes I really like the blues. Um, um, so for for now, I'm happy. With, I'm happy with the blue tones and yeah oh, no, i
1: love no, no, no. i love uh, I love that the one of my favorite polaroid emulsions was that polaroid blue the peeler part stuff i don't know if you ever used that but uh, i haven't oh but i uh, yeah see, i've seen i've seen the, the 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 images they're pretty cool yeah yeah, yeah. So i love all that no it's not everyone it's not everybody's uh cup of tea is it blue but cyanotypes i think are just lovely and, and yours are exceptionally good have i told you that
0: <laughs> yes thank you <laughs> you have to watch andrew <laughs> well, no, <I'll> <laughs> so what do you um as far as your camera designs go james do you uh spend much time looking at other cameras or do you kind of make cameras following trends for what's going on you know like six yeah, by yeah. become popular so you, are you going to be making a six by nine type of scenario
2: yeah, I have a six by nine pretty much drawn up. Um, it's Woo-hoo. you know it's it's, it's going to be basically the six by six, f just stretched by thirty millimeters. So it's gonna, and wow. it's going to be slightly longer, probably um, maybe twenty six to twenty eight millimeters in focal length.
1: So James, so, when you when you wow. started building, let's take you back a bit. When you started building these yeah. um, these cameras, did you st- look to see what was on the market at the time? Because how many years ago are we talking about?
2: Uh, not so long. I, I mean, I launched
1: the.
2: I registered my business in in two thousand and thirteen. So yeah, it's okay. not so long, maybe five years. Yeah. And before I worked, I had like uh, made a few a few iterations of the six by seventeen. So that was really um, that was the beginning, and that was that was my my only product for for
0: quite a bit. Yeah, that was when I when I got mine from you. That was the only thing you were making was a six by seventeen, and I think uh, pinholes. Yeah. You were offering pinholes, maybe. Yeah,
2: maybe the yeah, and I think the four by five came shortly after that.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. How, yeah, long, so, how so, long
1: did it take you to work out that design for the? Because uh, I have the six by twelve. Um, yeah, and once you master the art, you need like baby fingers. But other than that, to you know, once yeah, you... it's tricky to load, and it's
2: something that kind of it's something that annoys me at times. Because I, when you get used to it, it's fine. It is, yeah. I, but there's, a, there's a part to me saying you got to make it easier to load for people because, you know, I got some people are more tech than others. I got yeah? a tip.
0: If you go into a first aid medical kit and get a pair of the plastic tweezers that are really long. Yeah, use yeah I, I, I use tweezers to pull the, pull the leader that's through. What I, yeah. do. I have a pair that I have in my bag. That uh, That's the only thing I use them for in my in my photo bag is those, those plastic four-inch uh, tweezers mm. to pull the leader yeah. through the pole around the piles. Yeah, but there,
2: yeah, there's a there's a gap that you can stick
1: a, a,
0: another finger down
1: and kind of hold it. It depends if you've got pudny fingers or little thin things. I don't know, really. but I I have,
0: I have big fat American fingers, so mine don't fit. <laughs> super size, yeah. <laughs> But another side of me says,
2: uh, make them work, you know. It's, it's okay if you have to do a little bit of work to, ro- to load the camera. That's all right. And, you know, it's a hands-on thing. So
1: Absolutely. I've, yeah, picked, you know. um, I, I've put a few films through the 6x12 now. And I've found, when I f- the first film I put through, I found the wind-on knob, it was really hard to draw the film through. But that seems to have gotten easier. I don't know if it's just kind of loosened up or, or what. Um, yeah. But it was, well, uh, I tried it was well, when, Yeah, when <laughs> I ship the camera, I like to make that, that the
2: the the wind on leader tight, so it doesn't. Um, so so the tension
1: of the film just doesn't kind of unfurl the film. Yeah, I have to say but, uh, the um, you know the the fact with that curved film plane. I know. I think there are some other designs. I was out photographing with uh, Alex Yates, who's uh, going to be on the show fairly soon. And he was photographing yeah. with a wooden camera, and I forget the make. I'll ask him when he comes on. But that had a curved plane, and the I've not seen his results, but the results from my six by twelve, which I think is just a lovely format, that two to one with um, yeah. the sharpness across the plane, and you know, obviously the lack of um, you know the evenness of tone is just great. Yeah, yeah, six by twelve. I I offered the six by twelve because I had the six by
2: seventeen for. Oh for quite a while and then there was this kind of hardcore guys who want to enlarge their uh, negatives were saying oh I can only fit as far as 6x12 yep. and then there was the 6x17 the has a little bit of vin- vignetting in the, in the, at the edges so uh, some people were saying I, want, I don't want any vin- vignetting at all so 6x12 six well, six I, I, um,
1: I have a Devere 5x4 enlarger and I can just fit my 6x12 neg in there for cool. enlarging gotcha. at the moment my if I do 6x17 which I've got a 6x17 back for my field camera then at the moment I'm uh, either scanning that which I just hate or I'm using it for salt prints you know for contact printing uh,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah cool so what, what's involved what's, what's with salt printing do you what kind of chemicals are you using well, it's. Uh, I think it's just a bit more expensive, really, than cyanotype. But it's uh, because you have to silver nitrate. You have to buy a solution of silver nitrate, and okay. um, and that's that's quite expensive. But you only use a little bit of it. So the first step is to take a watercolor paper, and uh, I just buy whatever I can find. But it's. I think the one I'm using is a 300 gram watercolor paper with a little bit of texture on and then you um, you take the paper and you float it well that's what i do anyway on on a on a salt water solution so i go and buy some rock salt from the supermarket and make a solution i forget the concentration maybe 20% and okay. then you leave so you you put salt salted solution on the paper leave it to dry and then you apply the silver nitrate with a little bit of citric acid in there's a there's some recipes out there And you just brush Um, that on. I just brush that on. You know, you can either be very neat or put it on. So you just get the image broken up, which I think I've seen you. That's quite effective. I think you do that. Yeah, I like, I like seeing the, I like seeing the hand of the artist in the print. And I say, yes, well, that's me. I'm, I'm certainly an artist.
0: Uh, (laughs) Not sure what sort. (laughs) In the (laughs) loosest sense.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, so I, we don't have sun in the UK, as I keep telling Corey. So just like in, um, in Ireland, you don't have sun there. But in yeah. France, you're okay. So I have a UV yeah,
2: light. I, we've got lots of sun. but I,
1: Yeah, but I like the UV light. <laughs>
0: it's just yeah, more consistent.
1: It is. So I have a UV light too. And then and I have an old wooden printing frame. And I just find a neg. I've been using five by four negatives. And sometimes I've been using six by six negatives in, where I've made like a triptych image yeah yeah. Yeah. or may or maybe three of the same thing that that sounds kind of weird but actually three images of the same thing actually looks quite quite good all right very good Uh, and then you expose it until well it's a bit trial and error for me really you know i just expose it until it until i think it looks overly dark really with the
0: uv you mean with uv yeah
1: with the uv Uh, and Uh and and then you can look at it under uh under tungsten light or I use, I use my little darkroom safe light um, yeah. to look to look at it. It, can, it doesn't need to be a red light, but so I inspect it because the next step is to put it in some water to just give it a bit of a wash, and and then I use an optional step is uh, is gold toner. Well, that's the next expensive bit in the process. So, <laughs> sounds so, like,
0: sounds like <laughs> that's a so, long process, man. So the
1: the gold <laughs> the gold toner. <laughs> <laughs> Told you I was an artist. gold toner kind of stabilizes it, and it shifts some of the red color that you get with the process. Then you wash it for another five minutes, and then you fix it. And then that's where the image goes a bit lighter. So that's where you have to start with a darker image. And, okay. And then you, I give it a bit of hypo clear to get rid of the fixer and then wash. And then as it dries down, it darkens again. Cool. Um, so and I and you get these kind of charcoal. I'm, mine tend to be charcoally coloured, and I think it's lovely. Nice.
0: Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds kind of uh, sounds kind of gimmicky to me. Kind of like infrared.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, you you need a. Everybody needs a crutch to help them with their photography. <laughs> right. Right. Be it, be it lomography, be it infrared, be it a bit of salt printing. <laughs> A few light leaks, isn't it? And then it becomes art, doesn't it? That yeah, right. Controversial, though. I'm going to be upsetting those <laughs>
0: people. So, James, what is uh, um, what do you enjoy most about doing panel photography? And do you get out much to do it, or are you kind of stuck in your little your little mat your mad scientist uh, factory making yeah, cameras? You know, I kind of I'm a little
2: bit stuck at the moment because I've been I've been really busy and um. uh I have two small children as well, so I don't get out as much as I want to, But I do get out every so often. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I really like to get out, and because it really helps me to uh, just relax as well, you know. Just yeah, to sure. Go somewhere and, and pinhole, and I I love coming back as well. I love going into the dark room, and I like yeah, you know,
1: developing film. I really yeah, I enjoy that. I stick on the music. And, do you have a you have a dark room, and are you making prints? Uh, I, I'm, the only printing I'm doing uh, now is the cyanotypes, and that's what
2: I'm going to concentrate on because I want to. Um, I have a I have a friend of mine who lives here in France as well, and he's a picture framer, and he's um, he's kind of dipping his toes
1: into the art markets here, and he wants to sell my prints.
2: Ooh. So.
1: Uh, yeah. Right. So you're, you're even out. more you're even more annoying now. You've just started making cyanotoxin and now you're going to be selling them. Yeah, I would say it's early
2: days, but um, yeah. Well, my, my kind of my kind of life plan is to to continue making cameras because, like at the moment, that that's a hundred percent of my of my income. And but I don't want to be doing it forever because mm. I just I just don't. So- <laughs> so, so l- listeners. i'd love to make a living from selling prints so it's kind of wow. it's to me too fun. yeah As one increases the other reduces and you know making cameras one sort of another but um i'm doing i'm probably working 55 60 hours a week at the moment making cameras so it's wow, um,
0: wow. You
1: know, so you heard it um, you heard it here first folks that um Get your camera
0: from James while you can, because they won't be <laughs> here forever. <laughs> Funny. So, what about what is the deal with the with the slit scans, James? I see that you offer those on your website, but I'm not. I don't I haven't had much interaction with that. Can you kind of break it down a little bit? Kind of. Yeah, no, no, I, don't, I don't actually. I, I don't offer. It. I, ha- I I have made a few of
2: those cameras. For I've made maybe three or four. Right. First, first, there was a couple of sports photographers in uh, in the US that bought them, and uh, maybe I think there was one other, one here in Paris, and maybe one other.
0: But okay. it's just
2: um, it's just too too much too much hassle, too much work to to modify um, you know a, a Pentax SLR into a slit scan, and it's it's pretty involved as well the actual picture taking because. You have to really, you have to plan out your image, and there's a, there's a few mathematical equations that you have to work out to, to to figure out your the speed that you need to run the film at, mm-hmm. because you need to match you need to match. Well, you don't have to, but if you want to make um, perfect looking scans, proper, you need to match. You need to match the speed of the film as it moves inside the camera to the speed of the image of your subject projected wow. inside the camera. So. It sounds complicated, but there's there's a couple of formulas you only need, and you can work it out pretty quick. And the kind of thing you have to do you have to do all that before. So if you're if you're at the track of the horse watching a horse race, I know roughly that the horse is running at well, I, I can't remember what it is now. But let's just say it's thirty meters per second, and I have a little table printed on a, on a little credit card, so I can look at that, and then that gives me a number that I plug into a formula, and I know what to set my camera at then gotcha
1: so just look i've no idea what you're talking about slit scanning <laughs> just tell me just tell you what <laughs> tell me what it is you two are talking about because i'm sure i'm not the only idiot listening to this program there must okay, be others. So, um, so this is like um photo finish photography like you've seen at the olympic games you know 100
2: meter sprint and who yeah. won the race ah. so what what they used to do was um they knew they knew roughly the speed the runner would be running at when when he hit the finish line, and they would sync the camera to um, to that speed. So it's like um, so the film is moving at the same speed of the image of the runner inside in the camera. You know that's reflected by it through the prism or whatever through the lens. Sure, via then, via a
1: motor or something pulling it through, like a wind yeah. Up. So
2: the motor is pulling the film, and that's and you can vary the speed of that. Okay.
0: Okay. But ah.
2: but what makes what makes the slit scan uh, work is the slit itself. So so there's a slit. So you're only seeing like a we'll say a half a millimeter wide of a slit. So that's what the camera sees. But the film is moving past a half a millimeter wide slit. Yes. So it's it's like it's being. If you look at it in the kind of a digital way, it's it's a little bit easier to understand. So you're sampling that 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 um slit of light. We'll say maybe I don't know say 100 times a second, you're sampling that slit of light and then you're stacking those slits together to make an image. Mm,
0: that's crazy. Every
2: time, every time you, see, you take a slit of light, you, put, you push it away to the left and the next slit of light gets sampled and gets pushed as well. So anything that's stationary, never, it never changes. Mm. And anything that moves, if it moves at the same speed as the film, it keeps its shape. So as it runs past, as a horse or a runner runs past the slit, it gets registered as, as you would imagine seeing it. So,
0: if you have a question about it, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're wondering what it looks like, if you go to James's uh, uh, website, uh, there's some there's some examples of it on there. Um, I just saw it. I just I couldn't. I didn't realize that you were moving the film at this at that same rate of speed is whatever your subject was because i was looking i was going i don't understand how this works yeah so that's, that's pretty much how
2: it works Crazy. and um like there's I i don't know if you, it's probably not on, on the website there you're seeing but there's an image of uh, my shoe is it past the camera so you often see like you see when the when the foot plants itself on the ground it stretches out
0: yeah yeah, yeah.
2: And then as the foot moves away it, it goes back into movement so you can it registers as, as normal again and it's kind of an effect that you can play with cool well how do you
1: like you can't where do you get time to do all this thing because cory's <laughs> always doing stuff and he, he clearly hasn't got a day job but you have you work all these hours <laughs> building cameras and you're still out there doing yeah. wonderful things
2: well i was doing these things before i before I, when i had time you know i don't have that kind of time anymore ah. and i have I have, I'm looking behind me now and I have a shelf and I have boxes with pro- half finished projects in it the slit scan is one of them
1: oh well that makes me, that, that makes I'm me one. feel that makes me feel a bit better what um what other areas of analog photography if any do you enjoy James
2: uh,
1: yeah just regular photography I like I'm interested in street
2: photography um, um you know I like I like landscape photography um and it, I like um, you know the slit scan things like that the kind of experimental side of it is pretty cool i, I made um i made a multi cell camera as well i made a couple of mil- multi cell pinhole you know, cameras and i have a multi cell lens camera and uh, just to explain that so that's like um if you imagine an 8x10 camera that has 30 lenses in a 5x6 array so
0: you've got wow 5 that's
2: across fun. by 6 if you look at, if you look at the 8x10 frame and then I just use um like a simple kind of a shutter that would say it's uh, it's like a it's like a, a sliding board in front of all those lenses. And I'll use um I also have another board which is um which has washers as as apertures so I can slow the camera down enough so I can use that primitive shutter.
0: Hmm.
2: So um as you if you I use a ground glass as well so I can look at kind of try and judge what I'm gonna get. So as as you move for example, if I'm using a 300 millimeter focal length lenses, if I move the camera to within 300 millimeters of my subject, then all those cells will line up together in kind of a jigsaw puzzle that makes sense. So if you if you move, move the eight by ten camera up to someone's face and take a one to one ratio, so you'll get a one to one image of that person's face on the eight by ten negative, but it'll be broken up into um, 30 cells.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. And can sense. we
1: can we see examples of this
2: anywhere? Uh yeah, if you, if, you, if you have a look on my Flickr and and search multicellulars,
1: you, you you can find them. Ah, Flickr what? Cory. What's Flickr? It's Flickr? Yeah. Flickr.
0: What is Flickr? Tell me what Flickr is. I don't We know. have a group. We do.
1: <laughs> you know we do.
0: <laughs> well, look, you know, I'm doing a Instagram, Facebook, uh what's the other one? Twitter. Instagram. Fe- we have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter and Flickr and Flickr. I want ha- everything else. I haven't got, I have not made it to Flickr yet, but I'm trying to get there. It's- I
1: sent you a message saying, look, come and join me because I'm the only one on there, but I think we may have a few others on there now. Cool. Well, yeah, but send I'm, me
0: another
1: I'm rather, message. I'm rather, ho- so now that we've got James, we'll get James to come on board and we'll attract a few others. The idea is that people, it's a good place for people to share their images yeah and then in a few weeks time we can have a a show where we just get people to look at the um you know the, uh, look at, look at the the photo pool and we can talk about our listeners photos can't we and
0: that sounds fun say how good they are yeah
1: i
2: like Shaker. Shaker has been um it's disimproved over the last few years but um it, it used to be a really really great place like a discussion and or- it's brilliant to search if you're looking for like what a what a camera does, what a lens does. You can search that camera, that lens.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, sure. It's, really
1: interesting. it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And it's just uh, been taken over again because it's been owned by. Um, now that's the, right. the, the Sunny Sixteen mug guys will talk about this. It's been taken over by somebody who has more of an interest in image making.
0: I think. Smug mug. Oh, that's it. Yes. Yeah. Smug mug. So I will get there one day. I'll I'll be there. Can't say when. I'm trying to get there as hard as I can. I'd rather go deal with uh, with Flickr than deal with Facebook. Honestly, I don't. I don't. Facebook Your, is kind of weird for me.
1: Yeah. I, well, Facebook. I'm. I'm trying to keep on top of Facebook and comment on folks posting. That's gradually growing. I think we have over a hundred on there now. Yeah. And uh, oh no, not in Facebook. I don't think we have quite that many. But Twitter, we uh, certainly do. We have over hundred on Twitter. I think. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm a bit of a Twitter fan, so I follow that quite closely.
0: Well, you just take care of all that stuff, and I'll just uh, I'll just go make pictures. Yeah. Well,
1: this is why I don't have time to make any pictures because I'm suddenly doing all this social media nonsense.
0: <laughs> One way, yeah.
1: I think I might call you Smug Mug anyway for um, going out there doing all these
0: pictures. Smug hey, mug I, I do work. I do work. You know, no, you my, don't. uh it it, my work is just kind of hit or miss if it's raining and i have time you know then it kind of works out for me to spend have a day or two and whenever i have those those days are going to be very short-lived though because my kids are going to be out of school in another two weeks uh so now whenever i go and do any photography type stuff i'm going to have two little two little sets of eyes staring at me we're hungry Served this is right. boring what are you doing we've been sitting here for five minutes
1: <laughs> yeah why, why are you taking a why are you taking a picture of that <laughs>
0: yeah exactly yeah yeah it's hard you won't understand <laughs> No. absolutely <laughs> all right well so uh do we want to um talk about some anything else you got any other questions yeah anything? i have one more i think
1: yeah um, go ahead so you've got these fabulous cameras and what's on the horizon with camera design and are you going to be introducing bringing to market any of these other wonderful things that you've already talked about like that thing with all the the 8x10 with the the array of lenses on for example Uh, yeah no definitely not no 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) that's
2: um that's just a personal project it's um it's just too messy it's too finicky and it's um it's um, it's such a. What can I say? It's such a, it's such a niche thing, you know. Right. And, and it's it's really, hard, it's really hard to compose an image, but when, when it works, it's pretty cool. Um, but it's one, it's one of those personal projects. But I have, yeah, you know, we mentioned already the six by nine camera. That's going to come probably during the summer. Is and that going to have?
0: I'm will it. that have a filter ring, James? Yeah, that's my question. <laughs> it will yeah, yeah all right Woo-hoo. so is
1: that going to have the one one pinhole with a filter ring presumably
2: yeah, i'm going to go with one pinhole because i was thinking yeah maybe i should do a rise pinhole on that but then if you do a rice pinhole on six by nine you got you got to include a rise for the vertical as well so that three pinholes and it's just yeah. there is isn't enough real estate to get a decent shutter in there you know? I, so just, I i i
1: have the six by six f like Corey does and uh, the fact that it has the one pinhole on, um, until I saw that you could actually get cameras with more than one pinhole, you know, it never even occurred to me it was an issue. So I just point that thing, you know, I, I just point it down or up or whatever, really, and I just love it. Uh, and the, the fact that it's got a filter ring on there. And I know you can uh, you can sort of uh, uh, adapt, uh, hack other pinhole cameras to do the same, but the fact that it's got the filter ring on there and you can go and buy a a pack of uh, filters. I bought some from China for about seven pounds, I think. Fifty-two
0: you know. millimeters, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. same
0: yeah. as my Nikon. Same as my Nikon. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, so, and some of those Chinese filters are cool, but they, they, you got to
2: watch the ND factor because they they might say that they're ND thirty-two, and they could end up being ND four
1: hundred. You just gotta. <laughs> test them out on your digital camera first but they work yeah they work fine yeah I I I think if I'm using them on my large format things I'll probably spend a bit more money to be honest James you know but but for this but for pin yeah
2: exactly yeah that's cool yeah I have a 35mm design that I've been
1: Ah.
2: that I've been uh, I have it on the go for a long time now because 35mm is such a pain in the ass compared to uh, (laughs) yes I agree with that it's um, to design for, I'm I'm talking about like not not only shooting it and scanning it, but to design for it is a nightmare because you've got to um, you've got to figure out the frame spacing issue, you know. Because I'm not I'm not going to bring out a camera that you have to guess how much to wind on the camera. Yeah, you, know? you can't have a window. You can't
0: have a window. Yeah. No. And,
2: uh, well, I don't well, I don't like those thirty-five cameras that you have to guess. Yeah, wind two turns and okay, it's two turns to the start of the roll, but. Uh-huh two turns at the end of the roll, you're wasting a lot of film, you know, as the three grows. Three
0: turns is way too much. I found that out the hard way.
2: Yeah. So what I'm going to do, I have a, I, well, I have a couple of options. Uh, I have a gear wheel that sits in the sprockets and one revolution of that, of that gear wheel is a, uh, is a frame. That's, that's, that's one option. Uh, and another option is to use some kind of, a, a kind of a, light spring clicker mechanism in the frame, and you the clicks. So eight clicks in the frame. Um, and do some and see which one works. Best. Right. But the, um, the the beauty about this camera is, is it's going to be a double sided camera. So you're going to have um you're going to have a pin all on the front of the camera, and a pin all on the back of the camera. Mm.
1: Oh, so and really. You can shoot and a shutter on the front and a shutter on the back. So you, can shoot
2: you, red, go
0: on. you can shoot red scale. Is that right? Yeah, you can shoot
1: red scale and color on the
2: same roll and you don't have to re spool oh, Wow. Can,
0: no, that's pretty cool. You
2: can, you can even do double exposures. You can double expose expose color onto regular, you know, you, you can double expose, mix uh, color with red scale or. Oh. So what's,
1: you, I I was, you heard it you here could. first, folks. When, and when, <laughs> can I put my order in there? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> gotta figure it out gotta figure it out
2: <laughs> the, issues are the um the frame spacing and as well as that you can't you know you can't allow the film to you know you got to use like a, a non-return mechanism so when you wind on the film it doesn't slide back right and you, loo- you lose your frame position because again you don't have to
0: could you use like a little um a little cog that kind of locks lock locks the sprocket? in one spot whenever you turn the turn your advance knob or something that's counting the clicks yeah or yeah or even just just make the your your your
2: your advanced turning um i actually have have uh sourced a, a one-way bearing so it's a bearing you know like a regular bearing that a shaft goes through mm-hmm. R- rotate both ways but uh you can get uh one-way bearings mm-hmm. so uh that's probably uh, going to be the easiest way to do it.
0: Gotcha. That's cool. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see that.
2: Uh, yes. yeah. I'm just happy about it. Yeah. Sorry. I was just saying, yeah, it's, it's going to be something interesting because I've done tests already at with with um, it's like a really sharp focal length, like 10 or 12 millimeter focal length and probably a 0.1 or a 0.15 millimeter pinhole. And the results are pretty sharp. Like for 35 millimeter, it's, it's impressive. Cool.
1: Um, only good, but, you, know, it's pretty, you know, James you're, um, you're, if you do a search on the internet about pinholes I think the reality is so subtle pinholes generally people say boy these are some of the sharpest pinholes in fact sometimes you struggle to realise it's a pinhole uh, image so yeah. how uh, at one end you can just poke a pin or a needle through a tin can can't you but you know, without yeah. giving away your trade secrets, I mean, you know, what kind of length do you go to to, to get that kind of sharpness?
2: Well, the, the holes I'm using that I, I buy from, uh, I buy from um, uh, an imaging company. They, they, they make, um, you know, they make custom apertures. Oh, okay. So they're laser drill apertures. So I buy those and then I mount them onto, uh, onto mounts. Oh, so right. you're, not, you're not making those in your garage then? No, no, no! Because the, the equipment you need, to, you'd need to to laser drill your own apertures are pretty uh,
0: substantial. You know,
2: pretty, okay. yeah, exactly. So I, I'm buying the apertures, but the apertures come in. Um, you know, I have to buy in bulk, and when the aperture comes, it's a three millimeter diameter disc. That's so a tiny, tiny little thing, mm-hmm. and it's just a, they're just a nightmare to handle. So I have a process of um, of mounting them onto something that's a little bit more usable. I, I moved away from the brass disc now. I'm using a PVC
1: twenty millimeter diameter PVC disc. Is that the flexible? Is that the flexible disc Are you using? that?
2: Yeah. yeah well, uh, on the six by seventeen, I mount them on a on an aluminium disc. But on the six by six cameras now, I've moved to the PVC um, the PVC mount for the.
0: I used. The, I used. Uh... <laughs> I used one of those pinholes actually for my iPhone camera. I made. I took an iPhone box and turned it into a little camera. Yeah, yeah, I saw it on Instagram that cool. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So the pinholes are top cast. They're really, really nice. They're you know they're perfectly round. They're really thin material, and um, the size is is bang on. So um, right. And then the other side, the other the other side of it is to size it correctly for your focal length. Obviously, when when I when I sell the holes. It's up to people to to pick their, the correct focal length for that pinhole. Sure, but I found just through trial and error that I like to use Mr. Pinhole, mm-hmm. I, I like to, I like to go maybe ten or twenty percent smaller than than what he recommends, and that's kind of that's kind of where
1: I'm at. Like, and that's that's the results I like. So that's a good tip for anybody wanting to take your pinholes and make their own camera.
0: Yeah, Mr. Pinhole. Yeah. Mr.
1: Pinhole? Yeah, Mr. Pinhole is good. There's, there's a great uh, camera design calculator on there.
0: Mr. Pinhole Canon, that's uh, me. <laughs>
1: that's Mr. Smug Mug Pinhole Canon. <laughs>
0: Shooting cameras in yeah, the middle
1: so of the week. 6x9 <laughs>
2: so and the 35mm, they're, 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 they're going to be probably uh, maybe the last of the the Pinhole cameras that I had. I'm tying as well with the idea of making a lens camera for. Are you? Yeah, I have a. Um, I have another project in a box on the shelf, and it's a. Uh, it's a rotating lens camera, so
0: it's. Wow. It's like a six, six by seventeen swing lens camera. Oh, the macro! You're getting uh, us all excited, James. <laughs> yeah, so we. I'm going to make one for
2: myself at least. You see from there but it's got um it's got a a seventy five millimeter lens six by seventeen uh, curved plane and i'm using a stepper motor and the, the stepper motor basically rotates the um rotates the lens in an arc and um wow i'll have like a Goodness five me. to ten millimeters <laughs> back of the camera and then you can you can vary the speed of the stepper motor I have a little electronic box that that uh, that does that and as well as that i'm going to have the lens you're going to be able to, well this is the plan anyway you're going to be able to rise and fall the lens so you can move your horizon again to to avoid that you know horizon slap bang in the middle sure. on every shot same same like i did on the six by 17 and six
0: so you would be doing rise and but fall with- but no shift no shift or shift left or right it'd just be rise and fall
2: yeah, just rise and fall, and uh, camera will be set for high hyperfocal distance for uh, really small apertures. So it's going to be you know
0: short. everything from about three meters out. Wow, that sounds yeah. crazy.
2: Yeah, it's um I have uh, I've been I've been playing around with an old Kodak Panoram, which is a 1920s camera built for I think it's 122 film or 126 film. I can't remember, but I've I've um I've modified it so it's um it's set for four by ten inch X ray so I cut a sheet of eight by ten X ray in two oh huh. and I, got, I load a sheet one by one to my Kodak Panoram and it, that has a, a clockwork mechanism swing lens and um, so I've done some experiments on that and I messed around with it modified it I've changed the lens on it more modern lens on it yeah is I might I might put the um the stepper motor uh mechanism onto that and then see can I miniaturize that then down to six by
0: seventeen.
2: Wow. That'd be actually make some cool cyanotypes with four by ten inch uh, negatives. Oh I'm
0: sure you could. Yeah. Andrew? So,
2: yeah I've got like
0: lots of projects on the go but <laughs> not enough not enough time. Yeah right. Get that six x nine with the filter ring out first, and then and then work on everything else.
1: that one that one's pretty easy. Uh, <laughs> awesome. I, I I shoot I shoot six x nine in my I have the Fuji range rangefinder, you know the GW six ninety. So I do love that. Um, nice. I, love that I, 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 I want to get that camera. I love that camera. And then I'm, I'm, I'm lusting after it. Oh, yeah. I, think I might Have to buy one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I also
1: like six x seven format as well, and I like six x six. I'm. I'm <laughs> i like it all really you
2: know yeah 6x9 is cool though 6x9 you can even make a cyanotype out of and it doesn't look too small you know yeah uh, it's nice
0: yeah i want to yeah yeah definitely i want to i want to get uh 6x9 is probably about the only other format that would take um take over my 6x6f because that or my 6x6 because those are both pretty much my Everywhere, everywhere, kind of camera. You know what I mean? Well, it's so small. It's small, isn't it?
1: And it's it's well made, and uh, and the filter ring and a little spirit level. And I'm gazing at mine now. <laughs> I'm just about to pass it on. Actually, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm meeting do? up with um with friend of many podcasts, Neil Piper. Uh So I'm meeting up with Neil. I think next week. Uh, so yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going to be passing on just temporarily my six by six f and also my zero 2000 because he wants to um, he, he wants, wants to, to buy one doesn't he he does yes. Yeah. so I've um, I've given him some impartial oh. advice I said well if it was me it would be 6x6F uh, six six but you give both a go yeah
0: mm. Yeah,
1: I think 6x6 six six is the
2: sweet spot for pinhole you know because you can, you can go up in size but you don't gain a whole lot you can move to 4x5 and you gain a little but you don't gain a whole lot you know you have a bigger negative to work with but if you scan the images and look at them side by side, it's six by six for what you get. It's the best, um, you know, it's the best bang for the buck. Yeah,
0: sure. Let's um, let's do let's do our shout outs because we are. Uh, I'm really worried about the the anchor gremlins jumping in because we haven't taken a break yet. So we can probably <laughs> do our shout outs to get this in one take. Um, so James, do you have any uh, accounts that you look at social media or Flickr or anywhere that you really like? Um, yeah just you know,
2: we mentioned him earlier on Eddie Erdman um, he's, he takes consistently amazing photos he does I'd love to know what that, what that guy does for a living because he seems to just be in continuous transit between Alaska and um, Louisiana somewhere in the, I think it's Louisiana, Louisiana. Yeah.
1: yeah he seems to have an awesome life I want to be that guy yeah. Do, um, <laughs> say that out again James just repeat that for us please Eddie Erdman
0: Eddie Erdman Okay. Underscore Erdman. Yeah. No, I think I yeah. did follow him already.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And
0: then something non-pinhole as a photoc- photographer
2: I really like. Yeah. I think he's based in uh, Baltimore and it's Patrick Joust. And he takes pictures of, uh, he takes lots of night pictures. He uses a Fuji 690. He uses uh, lots of TLR cameras, but he takes amazing pictures of kind of.
0: I think I'm following so, him.
1: Yeah. American cars and lots of night shots. and. Sure. He uses uh, uses color film and it, uh, uh, you, um, this, i wasn't going to shout out this guy, but uh, you mentioned American cars and color film Phil bebbington is one of my favorite uh, uh, I think he must be American, but he shoots always in color like great motel pictures back end of American cars Phil bebbington have you come have you guys
0: come across him oh, no, I haven't yeah. It out here, yeah. yeah
1: cool
0: yeah check check him out cool um so I have a shout out that I want to Talk about which was um, I'm gonna say this guy's name wrong. His name is Lyle, but his uh, Instagram is popping. Um, <laughs> popping pop needs snap. P o p p a n e e d s a n a p. And he took like four or five uh ice trays, put them in a row, drilled holes in them, uh, and put and turned it into uh, this big giant pinhole camera. Kind of like what you're talking about, James, with your eight by ten. So cool. I love I love the simplicity of it. Yeah, yeah. brilliant idea. Yeah. Uh, so go check him out. He, he's got a. I went and looked at his feed, uh, and he's got some interesting stuff going on over there. It's kind of definitely. And, uh, uh,
1: J- James, uh, a guy that was brought to my attention this week, I think by Corey or Corey, yeah. he was familiar was. Uh, uh, was this the main one? This is the six pinhole, three hundred and sixty degree thing going on. Jurg,
2: oh, yeah, I've seen that one. That's Jurg,
1: Jurgen, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. J- J- U- e- R- G- yeah, yeah J-U-E-R-G. Juergen, I'm
2: Jurg, friends, with on, uh, my friends with him on uh, on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he, it's a, some kind of a blender camera. I think he had someone ma- make it for him, but it's a beautiful camera it and is. his
1: results are amazing. Yeah, definitely. If, we, uh, if, Cor- if yeah, Corey manages like- to um, work out the best way of doing show notes, we can have all these things in there because I'm not sure we've really nailed the show notes issue yet, Corey.
0: Almost. Yeah, a good place actually, because all
2: like all these people we're talking about are on Flickr, and you can create. I have, I'm pretty sure you can still do it. You can create a gallery on Flickr, so it would be can. cool to do a gallery for, for each show. You know, maybe ten images of things we talked about, and that would be uh, that would be
1: a neat way of doing it. You know? Okay, I'll come. I'll come to just, Flickr. You're just giving me more work. <laughs> So well, that's a great idea. I'll make a note of that in my notes. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's
2: quickly done. You know, it's easy done. You just got to search for the image and find it and drop it just, in. Just uh, send. send yeah, well, you just—I think you have to send permission for it to be included. But it's a nice way to bring people in as well. Sure. One you know? uh, other thing I wanted to ask, Corey, you shared an image during the week of um, was it a someone who made a pinhole camera uh, into a package and then mailed the package and. It was exposing while the package was being mailed around.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was unreal. That was pretty cool. Y- yeah, and I and um, it. I liked how he worded it. How he's like, oh, I, I hired the you know the U- United UK parcel system or whatever yeah. to, to to mail this and make this picture for me. You know, and I was reading it. I was like, what did he talking about? And I was like, oh, that's a that's a, that's ingenious. I was wondering how he got it inside the box. He must have used like liquid light emulsion and painted it on it or did something like that.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Well, there was a there's another famous pin holder, uh I think based in New York. It's it's going back a few years now, but uh, he used to basically make origami pinhole cameras. So he used to fold up a piece of um, black and white light sensitive uh, photo paper, and he'd origami that into a uh, like a, a box mm-hmm. and put a pinhole on the end. So the camera was the picture. So when he unfolded it up, you saw you know you saw the image exposed at all on all six sides
0: of the box wow you know? that's pretty cool yeah. that's really cool hmm. well james why don't you um let everybody know where we can where they can get a hold of you uh and buy a buy a camera and see what you're doing uh whenever you get a chance to do it photography wise <laughs> yeah.
2: So my website is uh, uh dot Cool. dot that's A U P R E M I E R P L A N dot F R. Cool. Sent it to safety But um yeah, if you just search reality so subtle you'll find you'll you'll find a link on the internet. Um I'm yeah. kind of stuck with a legacy website o Premier plan which was a, a site I created when um back when I moved to France when I was kind of working as a as a photographer as well, as well as making cameras on the side of Jack of all trades. And I'm still working on that platform. So that's, that's my URL. Awesome. URI changed it into reality. So cool. But, um, yes, yeah, Google reality. So you'll find me.
0: Awesome. So then that will leave you, Andrew. Uh, where, where can we find you at? Where can listeners find you? Well, at? if you,
1: you can find me on Twitter at Warboys snapper. And, uh, on instagram at warboys snapper or if you want something more pinholey, which might be appropriate it's warboys snapper underscore pinholes and i'm warboys snapper on Flickr. um yeah i think that's it that's or uh, i do i have a wordpress um, site that occasionally gets um get some love but <laughs> if you just google andrew uh, bartram wordpress you'll find that as well cool and you
0: cory You can find me on Instagram um, at pinhole Cannon, and I'm also on Instagram under the shows page, which is the Lensless Podcast. Twitter, I'm on pinhole Cannon also, and if you want to email us with questions, suggestions, or to say hello, uh, you can do that at the Lensless Podcast at yahoo.com. And if you download, uh, so
1: listeners out there, if you can download the Anchor app, which... uh, if you do that we might invite you on the show as well because we're not fussy really. No. Um, we're getting through all our um, we've got a big list of top line guests that's why James is on and then we'll gradually
0: work you know, our way
1: work our way down the list. Yeah. <laughs> but you can you, you can uh, I'll stop now before I dig a hole. You'll um, you can send you can send a voice message. I did that to the lensless uh, not no that's us isn't it? the negative positive. Yeah, with Mike. Most. So I did a little recording for Mike on his um, excellent show. So you you might hear me yeah. pop up there, but if you have the Anchor app, you download that, then you can send us a a one minute voice clip. That would be really good, and then we'll yeah. give you a we'll give you a shout out with that on the show. You can follow us on Twitter at the Lensless, um, or we have a Facebook group for the Lensless podcast, and we have a uh, Flickr group also called the Lensless podcast. So. <laughs> what? Well, you can find us. We're, we're, everywhere. we're everywhere.
0: Yeah, we're everywhere. <laughs> so, James, thank you so much for taking some time out and coming and talking to us. Uh We really appreciate yeah. it, and we are all really big fans of your cameras. And I don't think you realize how much enjoyment we all get from shooting uh, what you've created. It's it's great. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, Thank you. Okay, guys. Yep. This is fun. All the best.
1: Yep. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thanks, James.
2: Bye.